um, which probably leads well into where I want to go today. And um, it, it's been an interesting couple of weeks in the, you know, the life of the church, really. <laughs> you know, windows broken, flooded for you during the week, for those who didn't know. I walked in Thursday close to lunchtime. I just basically lay down and from one side of the church to the other, I just backstroke across the carpet. That's true. Well, I float easily. <laughs> but um, in and amongst all of that, uh, there have been some exceptionally, gosh, generous people financially. Um, not that I would name them to glorify them or to shame them. Um, but in their giving... We had people that gave towards the broken windows, people that gave towards the cleaning of the carpets, people that have given to something else, all in the space of this week. Yeah, amen. And, and the reality is that sometimes when things are, are good like that, they're favourable like that, you receive those gifts. But I don't know, but I don't think it's only my struggle. I know it's certainly, it's biblical for, for others. But in that place of, call it favour, that you come away thinking, oh gosh, you know, I feel really bad receiving that, I don't know. And, and underlying that thought of, gosh, I feel bad taking that, I even feel bad mentioning it, that there's a need, there's that sense of, am I worthy of it? Do I actually really know my, my worth, the way that God places worth? Because I don't know about yourselves, but for most people, for a majority of people, they're exceptional givers. But I know people that don't like to receive and you cannot be a good giver unless you learn how to be a good receiver because you need to know how someone's going to receive your giving. And in the same breath, yet it goes both ways. You've got to be a good receiver to be a good giver and a good giver to be a good receiver. And I've just found myself this week in moments of what should have been and were excitement, jubilation, relief, right? Thinking, oh gosh, I feel so bad that someone had to do that. You know, there could have been something better that they could have given to. I don't know if I felt justified or right in that place of favour. And I'm hoping what I want to talk about will make some sense to, to that conundrum for me. Because, <laughs> you know, we've been talking about the last few weeks. Our vision statement here is to be a safe place for all people to be restored and then revealed for God's glory. And over the last few weeks, what we've unpacked is for that to be a reality for this place, for this house, is that, one, we have to be a people of grace, a people of acceptance. You know, it's up to Holy Spirit to convict and convince, not us. We just need to love. And in that place, we, if we're going to show grace, then the best place for that to happen is in a community that is in unity. And the language that we would use is that is in family. And if we truly understand family, then it goes a bit further. So when we want to invite people to get to know God, we don't have to argue theology. We just need to invite them into family because if we use the right bait, we'll catch the right fish rather than like trout swimming away when you don't use the right stuff because they're too smart, you know. If all, of that, if all of that lands, if all of that's real, if this is truly a safe place for all people and we're a people of grace and we're living as family, sharing family, then I think we can have an expectation, not an expectation like we expect this to happen, but an expectation. You know, there's always a consequence to things. 
And the consequence of that reality is that we would be a place and a people of favour. And so when we invite people into family, they see the goodness of that family and think, oh, I want to be a part of that too. And so that's what I want to try to talk about today because I think the reality is that if we can believe and see that we are God's children, like any parent yeah, with their own kids, like any grandparent with their grandkids, I believe that Father God loves to pour out his favour on his children. And I was experiencing some of that this week, but I had this inner wrestle yeah, where the favour of God through his children was being poured out. It was like, oh gosh, I feel so bad. Like, thank you, but... And that comes back to my self-worth and my belief as a child of God. And I just think that so many of us live there, I reckon. So... That's where I want to go in the time that I've got left. Luke chapter 1, I'm going to read from verse 26. Father, bless this message, we pray. Speak to us in only the way that you can and um, lead us into all things that would shape us and form us and forge us into the image of your son, Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Just on a quick note, because I forgot to mention, and I don't want to embarrass him, but our wonderful electric guitar player, his name's Asher, he's on loan, yeah, um, from his church, which is, I'm just having a blonde moment, no offence to the blondes because it's just left me, Carmel Welsh, it's just come back, right, from Carmel Welsh, he's a friend of Samuel's at school um, and he's just a great guy and a great musician and he was able to fill in when one of our worship team could not, can we put our hands together for Asha, thank you, really thank you. He doesn't know, he doesn't know that comes at a cost because there might be an altar call at the end where I want him back up. Anyway, verse 26, in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. And get this, I love this verse. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this could be. But the angel said to her, because like God knows our thoughts, yeah? But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Again, how will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. There's hope for us all, amen. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me, as you have said, then the angel left her. I, I love this passage of Scripture and so God, please... I know he will bless it. But it amazes me how encouraging God encounters are. Because she has this encounter with God and God drops this awesome truth bomb that, hey, by the way, you're about to give birth and this guy, he, he's, he's, he's going to be known. He is the son of God. Yeah, It's this encounter that's super encouraging. And I want to suggest that any, any real-life encounter that we have with God, because we certainly believe here in this place that you can have tangible moments with the Lord and it'd be such a boring faith for you and I 
if we just prayed to a God we never heard from, prayed for healing from a God that, was, that never touched us, like how boring would that be? It would be like having children that don't respond when you speak to them, partners that don't speak in a house, and when you do, they never answer. That's what it would be like. Yeah, but our God's alive and well. And so I actually think whenever you have a real-life encounter with God, you come away, you, we should come away feeling awesome on top of the world. You know, even the encounters that we know where he's calling us into something great, you know, to step out of the boat, so to speak, we should be encouraged. Now, I don't know about you, but after a moment with him, a moment with Heavenly Father, you sort of feel like you can take on the world. You know, you feel pretty special having spent time with the Lord and heard from him or, you know, had a touch from him. I would hope you feel that way as well. Because God in his nature is an encourager. God is an uplifter. And it's important for us to know this in moments of our struggles. Because the word encourage means to give confidence, to cheer up, to cheer on, to support, to promote. It even, it even captures the word pushes and persuades. That's what an encourager does, yeah? So what that means for you and I is when we come away from an encounter with the living God, then you and I should come away full of confidence. We should come away feeling cheered up. We should come away feeling cheered on, supported, promoted. Yes, sometimes pushed and persuaded. And I'll talk about that soon because God is an encourager. And I would imagine that most people here, if given a moment to think about it, because sometimes our memory seems short, we could probably recall a time when God was encouraging in our life. When we've been through something with him and in him that it's that's encouraged us. Sometimes we probably should think about that more often because I think those things come around a lot more regularly than we care to remember or even notice at times, you know. But they're moments where, where we're affirmed, they're moments of recognition, they're moments of commissioning, yeah? And, and we need to embrace those moments. But I'm, I'm super perplexed though that Mary, she doesn't seem to come away feeling like that after an encounter with God. You know, verse 29, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this could be. Why not just accept it? Like that, just say, oh, that's awesome. Wow, I didn't know that. Didn't know God thought about me like that. But no, she's greatly troubled and wonders what sort of greeting. That, that, that speaks for itself that she was greatly troubled. There, there, there's something going on in the inside, a wrestle with her. Why, why would he like greet me that way? Why would he use those words? And then even the word wondered. Like You've got to unpack that to fully comprehend the feelings and emotions that Mary's going through because wondered means to ponder. This is all, all the nice stuff, right? To ponder, to ask oneself, you know? To think about, to meditate on, to reflect on. That's when... That's where it starts, when God gives us a word, you know. We wonder about it, we think about it, we meditate on it. We may be, you know, we'll think about it, we'll ask ourselves, we'll, we'll, we'll sit with it for a little bit. That's, that's actually not a bad thing. But what normally happens from then as we're reflecting on that word that we got from God, then the but kicks in, the, the yet kicks in, the, the doubt, the in, the, in, maybe the insecurity, the, the sense or lack of self-worth kicks in because from there... The word wondered can end up here, a place of much less certainty. Because it also means, as she deliberates on this, can also means that she starts to speculate. 
she actually now she starts to look at what's happening, the, the conversation from a place of conjecture. You know, it, it changes. She becomes puzzled. Well, why would they greet me that way? Becomes curious about this doesn't make sense. I'm not sure I'm okay with all of this. Yeah? She was curious. It actually disturbed her that she was greeted so favorably. Do you imagine if I came home and my wife goes, Hey, love, how are you? You wonderful, awesome hunk of a man, man of God. Like apart from the truth that that may be, the hunk bit, I'd be thinking, why is she? What's going on here? What does she want? What have I done? Yeah? It disturbed her that she was referred to in such a high regard. You know, and I just think so many of us think and behave exactly like Mary. You know? You know, we have this mind-blowing encounter with the living God. We have where we like some of our worship at times or in your own quiet time, you have this moment with the Lord that you come away gobsmacked that he would speak to you, gobsmacked that he would come and spend time with you, with me, yeah? We're amazed that he would want to come and hang out with us. Why us? There's better people out there than us at times. And we're totally overwhelmed by who he is. And then, and, and maybe I'm the only one, so let me be a, a little bit transparent and, and go back in time a little bit because there's a story of a prophecy over, over my life and this church back in January 2012. It was even before I was appointed to be the, Mel and I were appointed to be the senior pastors here, even before that. And I was in Queensland and I was at a, a conference. I was there for Red Frogs. It doesn't matter what I was there for, but I, I was there. There was a guy speaking and all of a sudden, the prophecy that I got, because this person that was speaking, as we're worshipping, actually comes, I'm like three or four rows back, comes off the stage, comes up to me and starts speaking over my life. And he starts actually sharing that I'm going to be a, a, a leader, a person, and this is not to big note myself, but to make a point down the track, I hope, that I, I would be cutting through long grass. Yeah, I've shared this before over the years, cutting through long grass with a machete, which I quite like that picture. You know, like that, that's really cool. Wish I had a machete. <laughs> like, like cutting through long grass with a machete and that I'd be creating a new path for people that were following. And, and better still, it's a people that I would be leading to a place as I'm cutting through the long grass that I had never been to before. That was his word. I'd never met him before. He actually went on to say that our church would have favour. Yeah? This is in 2012, right? would have favour, that our church would be an example to others around us. 2012, we're only small in number. Please remember the disciples were only 12 and they changed the world, right? I didn't ask for that. That wasn't something that I was looking for or asking for. I wasn't there for that. So this is really mind-blowing stuff. So there I am worshipping. I'm having a, a moment with the Lord in his presence in God time. And this guy comes up and shares a word, speaks a word over my life, someone that I'd never met before. We're now friends, yeah? Um, never met him before. So I'm blown away at the presence that I was enjoying. I'm blown away at the prophetic word itself. I started to get a bit excited because I know I shared that with Mel. You know, hey, guess what? This looks fantastic. I was encouraged, definitely. Felt cheered, supported, lifted up, definitely. 
but, 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 but. I like big buts and I cannot lie. Don't you hate it when there's a but in your life? Like seriously, like I walked away and I wondered, I, I, I wondered, like why? Why me? Is this really meant for me? I, I actually don't even think I know what he's talking about, let alone I can step into any of the stuff that he was saying. So I started to have this, this wrestle within me and like Mary, I was troubled by his words, yeah? So then you fast forward a year after that, yeah? And we have someone that's a friend of the house, um, uh, Pastor Corey Turner, now at Numa Church. And this was one of the many times, and at that time was the first time that he'd ever come and shared a word here at Family Life Church, but back then it was Mount Clear Church of Christ. And that day spoke so beautifully into who God is, but also into who Corey was, because I know that he prayed and prophesied over 80 to 90% of the church. He must have been praying for well over an hour as people came, kept coming forward. And just as he finished praying, another lot was, was just off the charts, was phenomenal. And he's doing that, and obviously God wants to touch people and speak to people and encourage people. And then he prays and prophesies over Mel and tells her that she'll see her heart's desire come to pass. And then he speaks to me, and he speaks to me about my leadership. This is a year later. What we have to understand is that the person that prayed for me first, the person who prayed for me second, a year apart, at that point had never met each other. They have now, 12, 13 years on. Back then they'd never met each other. And he begins to say that I will lead a people where I've never been, right? And I'd be creating a new path, a path that I've never been on before. I actually figured then that, hey, that was an old word that I'd almost forgotten about, but I can't help but think that maybe God's trying to get my attention. That there's these two un, you know, identical words from two different people who at that stage had never met themselves. And I want to tell you that, that in that God moment, yes, there's a moment that I was... Perf- affirmed and I felt persuaded to step into all that they were saying but I also felt like it was a scary moment that God was giving me a little bit of a nudge and a push because that's what an encourager does at times yeah in life how often have we had a moment with God heard his voice felt his touch known that it's his guiding hand on us and yet still come away and wondered still came away and question the word, feeling troubled by the words that have been spoken over us. Yeah? I, I'm just putting it out there because I, I think in, in the world, in the, the life that we live, a majority of us say yes and amen to the words that we get and sometimes we come away troubled by them. Not because they're woe is me words. We're not Old Testament prophet or an Old Testament church but because sometimes the encouraging word lifts us to places we've never been and sometimes it pushes us to places that we didn't know we'd go. Yeah? We should walk away encouraged and affirmed, but often we walk away troubled and wondered. Mary should have walked away encouraged and affirmed, but she didn't. How many here have ever felt that way after an encounter? Seriously. You know that God's spoken to you, but you've come away and then you've sat with it. You've deliberated, you know, and you've started to question it, you know, like it's a mathematical problem or something and you try to get the answer for it and you can't because how's that going to work i can't see it working or it's been so many years you know will we embrace our god moments or will we walk away troubled and wondering you know we have these god these moments with god because i'm gonna this is where i'm gonna let's push the boundary because we're favored 
we, we have these moments and these words from God where he speaks to us, encourages us, lifts us up, pushes us because we're God's children. And as God's children, we are highly favoured. Yeah? Now, God doesn't have favourites, but he does show favour. I can quite easily say that I'm God's favourite and in the same breath, Chris should be able to say I'm God's favourite without us arguing because he shows favour to us both. Yeah? That's how big he is. You know, Luke one twenty eight says, The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Highly favoured. The moment you and I say yes to Jesus, we were and we are and we have become highly favoured. Highly favoured in his eyes. But do we believe it? Because so often we struggle with, Oh, but I'm still doing this. And I can't break the cycle of that. And I, I still think this way. The Bible doesn't tell us what Mary thought about and what she didn't do. Just that the angel said she's highly favoured. Always. You know, sometimes I think, I know that I struggle to believe that I'm highly favoured. But do we, like, we should, and you should, and we should believe that all the time. Praise God for the example that we have in Mary. Because I take courage from these scriptures in moments like these. In 1 Corinthians 10.13, you'll know this passage. And, and, I, and I, I actually don't think it's, it's... Sometimes people don't do it justice. Because we know it says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But you are tempted. And he will, uh, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Do you know the Greek word for temptation there also means tested and testing? Yeah? Now, we know that God doesn't test us. The only place you can find in the Bible where God says, test me in this, is when it comes to your giving. So this is not a giving message. But he does say, hey, test me in this, Right? The fact that it says testing or tested, this is why the Message Bible reads this way. No test or temptation. No test or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course of what others have had to face. All you need to remember is that God will never let you down. He'll never let you be pushed past your limit. Pushed past your limit. What does an encourager do? He'll always be there to help you to come through it. He's always there. He's always there when you're tempted. And he's always there when he's asked us to do something that we believe is outside of our capability. And so it should be outside of our capability so then we rest and trust in God. Yeah. So it's in those moments, he hasn't given us a test, but in our faith, our faith now is tested. Does that make sense? He's not testing us, but as, as an encourager, as he pushes us, as he lifts us, our faith sometimes to step out of the boat because only Peter stepped out of the boat. All the others were chicken. Beep, yeah, They didn't step out of Their faith was being tested. So was Peter's, but he chose to step out. Yeah, And so sometimes when God speaks to us, when we have those encounters with God, he, he's not pushing us to where we can't go, but he's asking us to do something that's outside of our frame of reference or thinking and so our faith is tested. And so when the scripture says no temptation, it's saying no temptation or test will be beyond what you can bear. So all we really need to remember is that he'll never push us past our limits. 
Yeah? He'll never ask us to do something that is beyond Him, for there is nothing beyond Him. Yeah? May certainly seem impossible for us, but nothing is impossible for God. True? So, I love what this scripture is saying by what it's not saying. It's saying that when we feel that we're being pushed past our limits, when we can't bear anymore, when we can't do anymore, when we feel like we're being asked to do something or go through something that's scary or that we're not going to be able to cope with, it's saying that we can because no, God knows that we're capable because he's the one that makes us capable. Yeah, He's the one that strengthens us. And this says that he'll never allow us to go through anything that's beyond our limits. He knows us. The one who knows me best is the one who loves me most. He knows us. He knows us. He knows our limits. But he also knows that he's limitless. So he will never push us past our limits because where we end, he begins. Yeah? 2 Peter 1.3, his divine power has given us some things we need for a godly life. Yeah, that's what it says, I'm sure. Maybe it's the ESV version, I don't know. His divine power has given us everything, everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. Everything we need to succeed. Everything we need to accomplish, everything we need to be more like Christ, he's already given us. Why? Because you and I, the children of God, are highly favoured. Actually, try saying that, I'm highly favoured. I'm telling you, tomorrow, if I ask you to do that in front of the mirror, some of you go, I'm highly, I'm highly favoured. I'm favoured. You know? <laughs> We're highly favoured. We're highly favoured. So when God says, in a moment... And he says, hey, hey, Melanie, whoever, Imogen, tennis player. It doesn't, Imogen, Tomic sounds like a ten, tennis player, doesn't it? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Hey, Imi, you are highly favoured. We just got to believe it. We just have to believe it. There's, there's no walking, there shouldn't be a walking away troubled in our spirit. There shouldn't be a walking away wondering why, what, how, how can this, how can this be me? I haven't done anything great. She said, I'm still a virgin, but we might say, but we haven't done anything. You know, I'm just, I'm just a kid. I just got married. I'm, just, I'm, I'm a housewife. I'm a, I'm a retail. Whatever it might be, I, I'm just. I'm, hear the words? I'm just. Yep. But that, some of those words are so easy to recite, and yet when we're alone, they're so easy, so hard to embrace. You know, we just need to know that he knows us that he's already given us everything we need to succeed because he won't let us go through any trials. And now, if we embrace it, we'll walk in it. So as a church, we had a significant word spoken over the life of this church recently. Well, even actually back then even. Let's go back then first. When Pastor Corey was here another time, he actually said that we're a gold mine. Yeah, He actually referred to us as a gold mine, maybe playing on the fact that we're in, we're in Ballarat, but... At the time, as far as he's concerned and I'm concerned, he was hearing from God and he shares that we're a gold mine, that in these hills, yeah, these hills where we're situated in Mount Clear, yeah, that there's gold in these hills, spiritual gold, and he reiterates this word that we are highly favoured, that other churches would look to us Again, this is outside of my scope of understanding. I'm going back years, but there's a, a, a reason for it. 
that there would be multiple campuses. One church, one heart, one focus, one vision. Isn't it a coincidence that just last year when we had Rory Hellart from Bethel, isn't it a coincidence that just last year when we had Gary Morgan from School of Prophets, they both prophesied over this house, right? And their words, this is, you've got to remember, those other words are from 10 years ago plus. And then last year, these two guys, out of the blue, that really don't know these two guys, right? speak this word and they both said that this church family life church would be highly favored that we would have favor and influence in churches in and around us like are you for real so that's not to big note us because we are who we are we don't know how that's going to work you know <laughs> i joked recently because with something that's happened here and working through churches of christ and insurance they're using us as, as an example for other churches so that's not a good thing but i share that just to say I knew we were going to have influence on other churches, but I just didn't know it was going to look like that. You know? <laughs> but these are these words. Though that we are small, we're large. These are almost identical words to Corey Turner 10 years ago and Lucas Connell before that. God wants the attention of a church family. And in this case, I'm preaching to our church family and those that are listening at home. You know, I love it. Because here's a word of prophecy. Here's a word of encouragement for our church. And... Do you know that there's a prophetic word over Ballarat? What if I told you there's a prophetic word over Ballarat that was spoken, gosh, well before my time. You're going to love this. this. So this is for any church in Ballarat, any church. But we've got to embrace it, grab hold of it, walk in it, accept it. And it's this, right? There's a, a, a prelude to it, but it basically says, our seasons of preparation are laying the ground for God's suddenlies. And it talks about where the word Eureka comes from. And I won't get into that because it's actually old. But here's the prophetic word. The Lord's determined that you receive the fullness of royalty, that you receive the gold mine. There's a gold rush coming to Australia. It's a breakthrough in thinking. There's a revelation that's going to begin to pour out, that's going to begin to affect the environmental things. I feel like there's a revelation given to people in Australia for breakthroughs. We prayed about it this morning and Sally didn't even know. In environmental land issues, people, let's pray for that. Ballarat is in Victoria. The word means resting place. It's the land. It's in the land of Victoria. Your victory is directly related to your resting in him. Amen. Yeah, resting in him. Your victory is related to your resting in him. And Ballarat is where Eureka Australia is, where the Eureka Gold Rush took place. Eureka means I have found it, I've discovered it, and uh, I believe that the Lord said to me that Australia has in its DNA a holy resistance, a holy one that he placed there. And what I mean by that is that there are two different kinds of rebellions and resistances. The bad kind, like what happened in the Garden of Eden and led to trouble. And the good kind, the kind that, like John the Baptist's father encountered when everyone around him and tradition said, you can't do that. And he said, well, actually, I have a mandate from God and I can do that. So there's a sinful rebellion, but there's a call to go beyond the status quo. And it is that that the Lord is releasing so that we can move in innovations and inventions and creative, look around the word, walls, creative expressions that the world hasn't seen yet. I feel that the Lord said Australia is called to be one of the creative centres of the entire world. Right? It's not bad, huh? Right? There's an anointing upon Australia for prophetic imagination. I'm not going to read it all because it gets long, right? And it, um, it's resonant here even from our Aboriginal heritage. 
And he says, your Aboriginal heritage. There's an anointing over Australia. He's positioned you in the right place in the right spirit. And let me just get down to... Now, and lastly, along with the holy resistance that's in Ballarat, and this is funny, an American guy telling you about your history, correct me if I'm wrong, but I know that I'm, I'm not trying to be an historian. I'm trying to be a journeyer with God. But in Ballarat, there was something called the Eureka Stockade, which helped to establish freedom and democracy in your country. And I felt like this all ties in with the resting place and the victory in the holy resistance. You see, a holy resistance leads to freedom, where a sinful resistance leads to bondage. And the Lord has put a resistance in the fabric of your nation that leads to freedom. I just want to read the other part about Ballarat. Sorry, I'm going to do this. Have you guys seen the movie King's Speech? No, that's not what I want. Quickly... It was so long. I'll just keep reading. And I felt like the Lord say that he's removing the stammer, he's removing the impediment from Australia's tongue and the Holy Spirit's releasing tongues of fire. And these are visual languages to speak and see his reality. We spoke about the Holy Spirit. He's turning the speech impediments into impedance. Impedance is an electrical term. It's a current that runs in complete opposition to the current flow. It's the current that runs in opposition to the current flow. And I feel like the Lord said that you are a force of resistance which flows in the opposite direction of the pervading culture. You are the gatekeepers of your country. You have the power and the ability to be the impeding force. When the impediment or the impediment is taken out of the way, we get to be the, the thing that impedes. What, uh, when the obstacles and limitations are removed because we understand the royalty that God has put in us, we link it to the frequency of heaven and we move in tandem what God's purpose is. Then instead of being the force that that hindrance is locked up, we get to be the force that moves out in opposition. This is a word that's spoken over Ballarat. What the Lord is doing is bringing Australia on the level with the Holy Spirit through the incarnation of Jesus so that our capacity to contain will match the capacity to shine. And so the Father, I release right now, and he goes on into prayer. But that's spoken not only over our country, but over Australia. So what do we do as a people when we hear a word like that? Do we wonder why? Do we think, why is it us? Why is it in America? Why is it in South Africa? Why is it in China? Do we actually grab hold of that? Because here we are, and prophecies have been spoken over our church and over people's lives in this place and when we've been experiencing his presence. Because, why? Because we're highly favoured. And the reality is every church and every believer should live in the truth that we're highly favoured. I want to say yes and amen to this prophetic word. I want to say yes and amen to the words that has been spoken over my life. I want to be able to say yes and amen for the words that have been spoken over your life so that as family we can journey through it together. But we have a choice. We, like Mary, can be troubled by the words that have been spoken. We can be left wondering what the words mean, or we can embrace them. Yeah? You know, I love the fact that Mary, being troubled by the words from God, this God encounter is left wondering, but our God, the one who knows everything, the one who knows us best, yeah, speaks into that. Even knowing our past, knowing our limits, knowing all of that, he, he knows Mary and he says in verse 30, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favour. God reassures her. And I just want to suggest to someone here today that God is reassuring you. God knows you. You truly, legitimately are highly favoured. He's reassuring you. He reminds her that she's favoured. And I want us to be reminded that we as children of God are favoured. Even when we have a different belief to some of our family or friends or people, we, in his eyes, we are highly favoured. You know? So when we're having those but moments, those yet moments, he speaks the same words of encouragement to us. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. 
He, he, he constantly speaks our name and says things like, Ben, you're highly favoured. Simone, highly favoured. Vic, highly favoured. Highly favoured. You know, verse 34 says, How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Oh, gosh, I want to get into the Holy Spirit today, and I can't because I'm so out of time. It's not funny. The Holy Spirit. Are we a people that believes in the Holy Spirit? Yeah? Are we a people that believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Do we understand? Do we truly understand? And maybe I'll continue with this next week, that that just doesn't happen once. Yeah? Because there's initial infilling of the Spirit when we meet with the Lord, when we meet Jesus... But then there's a time when he empowers us with the Holy Spirit and Scripture has it really down pat so very, very well that I'm just not going to get to today. Oh, where do I even go? I want to be able to pray for people today not to be afraid. I want to be able to pray for people today to actually take hold of the words that have been spoken over their lives and to believe that they are highly favoured regardless of whether the word was five years ago 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, one week ago. If God can speak to this house with two people, speaking a word that was identical, that was spoken 10 and 12 years ago, yeah, then he can do it over and over and over and over again. And the thing that will help us is the Holy Spirit. Yeah? We prayed for the Holy Spirit this morning. Yes, he lives in us. And yes, we have the fullness of God, but there's an empowering and so I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward, if that's all right, guys. And I just want to create a space where we can pray for people. If, do we believe in the power of God? Yes. Okay. Do we believe in the power of God? Do we believe in the healing power of God? Okay. So this is what we're going to do. Absolutely. Well, he does, doesn't he? We don't always see it, but he does. I know. That's the, isn't that the tension and conundrum? That we know that he heals people, we know, we know that he can, and sometimes we don't live in that because we don't experience it, yet others do. I don't have an answer for that one. I'll ask that in heaven, right? But I just want to open the altar. I want to the, open the altar for a couple of things. There are people that we need to pray for today. People in their bodies that we need to pray for today. We need to pray for Hazel today. We need to pray for Mel, just for your back today, yeah? Nick, for your back. Yeah, we've got like backs happening everywhere. And I want to anoint, because the Bible says in Matthew 10, verse 8, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely you have received, freely give. Yeah? Do we believe that? So let's pray for the sick this morning. But as the guys worship, if you know you've had a word that you've grappled with, that you've wrestled with, that you've struggled with, and really deep down inside it comes down to a place of worth, am I truly highly favoured? Do I truly deserve this? Yeah? Do I deserve what's been spoken? Do I deserve what's been received? Because I'm telling you, during the week, I had a horrible time receiving the very blessing that people were trying to be. They wanted to bless the house and I had this rustle, this wrestle and tension and all I can say is it's something that's happening inside of me. So I'm, I'm just saying, I'm putting my stuff on you. Maybe I don't stand alone in that stuff. So if you've got to wrestle 
believing truly that you're highly favoured. And often that happens when life is in turmoil. And I'm just going to ask you to come forward so that we can pray. But for those that have got ailments, and particularly the back, we're, we're, we're chasing the back today. The last two weeks I said, if, we saw, if they saw miracles and healings in the New Testament then, then we should and we can see it today. I'm going to ask you to come to the front so we can anoint you with oil. And for any of the elders or praise in the house, we're just going to praise the family. Is that okay? But if you're in your seats, just sing the song. Sing the worship. Give it over to God. Ask God to heal those that have got an issue in their backs. Ask God to deliver those that are struggling with a sense or lack of sense of worth. That we may actually walk in the fullness of God that He's designed us to, right? Because the one that knows us best is the one that loves us most, hey? Why don't you stand? Nick, if you don't mind, even if you've got to sit, mate, that's okay. Melanie will sit. Chris, can you come forward? Aileen, will you come and pray pray as well, please? And I've got some. Can, Chris, can you just anoint people with some oil, please? And we're just going to pray. And we're going to believe. And if you want a touch from God, if you want an encounter with Him where He may speak to you, He may push you, but He will encourage you, then I'm just going to invite you to the front. And we're just going to do what He's told us to do. To heal the sick to raise the dead, to cleanse the lepers, to cast out demons in Jesus' name. Amen. We've heard the accusations I've heard the accusation I've heard the propaganda I've heard the lies they whispered to my soul. Just pray, pray, mate. Pray, 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 pray. That I have been forsaken. Bless you, bless you, bless you. Always be forgotten. <laughs> no matter what I yeah. do, it's so not Father, enough. So, Father, we ask for the release, release of that pain. God, you know what but healing you can I do. Father, you can do it all. But we just stand and get amazed at you. God, we rest on your authority, not ours. Remind we say, Lord, remove the pain. Remove the discomfort. Lord, give Lorraine the peace that she seeks, Father. Lord, the pain-free life is what she desires. And God, we stand with her in that. We say, just heal in Jesus' name. And on your hand you've written out my name. I am your beloved. Father loves mercy has defeated all my shame. There's no, there's no accusation, 
Stand on the shoulder of that faith and say, God, continue to heal. Continue to do what only you can do. So, Holy Spirit, you're the one that comes and heals and fills. You're the one that takes away doubt. Father, you're the one that builds our minds and restores us. Father, you're the one that points us. Holy Spirit, you're the one that points us back to the Father over and over and over again. And so, Lord, this day we ask for Lord, we stand on that hill. Lord, you know us. You know how we're in together, God. You know our comings and goings are inside and out. And we ask your Holy Spirit to come and go to flow inside and out, backwards and forwards, up and down, Lord. Then you strengthen that you restore. Lord, help us with any unbelief that we carry, God, that we might walk in the newness of life. It's the one. 
understanding the family gone. That could change That's loud, huh? Father's love. I'm your beloved man. I am your beloved. You have taught me with your blood. And on your hand you've written out my name. I am your As we close today, as we finish today, as we walk away from here today, can we sing that? Can we sing this as a prayer and a declaration over our lives? Can we sing this as a declaration and a prayer over the lives of those that have received prayer this morning? Can we sing this as a testimony? of our own faith and love. Just once or twice, church, just sing these words out. Oh, the one who knows me best. The one who knows us best. Is the one who loves us most. Nothing. There is nothing 
There's nothing that we can do to change his love. Hey? The one, the one who knows us best is the one who loves us most. So church, can I encourage you this day to walk out knowing that you're highly favoured. As you meet with your family, as you meet with friends, as you sit to have coffee and have lunch, know that you're highly favoured. Know that what you bring to the table is highly favoured. Know that the one that loves you and knows you has called you highly favoured. Bring that blessing to people. Use that as the bait to bring people to God. Yeah, that they are highly favoured in Jesus' name. Enjoy your Sunday. Enjoy your coffees in Jesus' name.